welcome to another episode of Taking Notes with N. It's still me, Nova, from Cebu. And if you are new here, welcome. So this episode would be more like a random talk with my special guest. He is a servant of the Lord, a husband, and the pastor of the church where I am committed to. Please welcome Pastor Jafet Indiko. Yeah. Hey, hello everyone. Yeah, so welcome to, to the show. Be here. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for welcoming to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so you know, guys, kalit kalit rin siya. As in, ganihan lang nakadesayad si Pastor ng mag-record na mikaron. But um, first yes. of all, I'd like to congratulate Kuya Jats because he was just recently married to our beautiful Ate Ate Claire. Nasa <laughs> uh, room. Oh, okay. So, how was the married life yeah, so far? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, consider it's a mixture of a lot of things. Uh, there's, of course, the honeymoon phase where that's, you're excited about things. You're excited about, you know, doing a lot of things with your wife. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also the painful um, adjustments that you are going to make, uh, both of you, um, especially coming from different uh, backgrounds, different, you know, way of living. Um, uh, We have to make some adjustments and often those are painful adjustments. And But um, the thing about it is we kind of enjoy having long talks in the evening, so (laughs) all worth it, uh, even if it's painful at times. Mm -hmm. Speaking of background, so I know you were raised in a Christian home Uh and that your tata is also a pastor. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us how it was like growing up? Was there a difference you think was strict by my parents or are they like every normal parent out there? Well, I did not grow up na uh, nagpastor akong tatay. Um, actually, my my tatay became a pastor when I was in a, in second year high school. But I sure grew up with um, him serving in the deacons board for quite a while. Sa church, who oh, that happened to be just you know, uh, like ten steps away from our house. So. Um, I grew up in, literally in a Christian compound. Um, n- n- there's no such thing as Christian compound, but <laughs> a compound <laughs> with, go- with families who are going to church. And I uh, grew up um, in a family church, but my parents, hmm, a good question. <laughs> Um, they're the sweetest, but they're also the, um, we grew up literally uh, fearing her, <laughs> fearing. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not the negative, you know, uh, way of fear, <laughs> but somehow, yes. Um, on how it's like to fear God <laughs> by by her way of disciplining us. We were growing up in a rather joyful and fun family. Our dagang fun times. Our house was a hangout place for many, many, many young people and mm. Christians, uh, people who go to church. 
So um, we're not that much different from other households, but we're basically uh, weirder. Uh, you said yeah, your house was like a hangout place when you were growing up, and mm -hmm. I can see also that um, your place now yes. <laughs> is also <laughs> our hangout place for my young people at church. Uh -huh. So about this is like somehow connected to my next question. Like, were there any disciplines that you have learned growing up that you would like also to impose to your like future family? Yes, of course. Um, growing up, we would have daily devotionals. Um, that was something that I really loved growing up uh, because in early years, sakong childhood, I, I just, I just loved you know, being at church or doing things uh, as a church and all that. So I especially enjoyed the devotional times, um, sharing and praying together as a family. And, and I think that's one discipline that I would love uh, to carry over sa um, future na family na ko, which is something also that, I, that we are doing, Claire and I are doing. Um, we mm -hmm. come together in the Word uh, almost every night, if we have mga distractions, no? <laughs> um, and we spend a lot of time um, studying one chapter at a time from Matthew and praying for uh, the church, praying for our families, and praying for one another. Um, that's one really good discipline that I'd like to be carried over to our future family. Yeah, that's nice. I would also love to have that <laughs> in my future family. Anyway, let's talk about your like journey before becoming a pastor, the lead pastor of MCF. So before you were a pastor, you were a seafarer, di ba, yeah? Yes. Have you always um, thought of becoming a pastor or was it just something that, like it just happened na naang desire sa mga along the way while serving in the ministry? I grew up in a church and I loved going to church. I was, I was the weird um, kid in the compound. Uh, when kids wanted to play outside during Sunday services, I was sitting in front, um, listening to Pastor Joseph Frondozo, shout out to Mantaijan, <laughs> listening to him preach. In fact, he knows about this. I, I told him about this, that he was really one of the greatest influences I've had uh, growing up and, and also one of the greatest influences why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, so I would say pastoring or ministry has always been my first love, Siguro. Uh, I knew even when I was young that it's something that I would want to do. And then I was immersed to many Bible studies. I was given opportunities even at, as early as um, fifth grade or sixth grade. Um, mm. speaking in front uh, about the Bible and uh, leading Bible studies uh, from first year to fourth year high school as school. And, and those kinds of, of things, um, you know, kind of solidified um, the desire in my heart to, to really get involved in the ministry and to be a pastor in uh, the future. Uh, to answer your question straight, I have always wanted to become a pastor even growing up. Probably also a doctor, but pastors mm. being is a more realistic <laughs> um, <laughs> one, more aspiration in life. Mm. Gravi elementary pa kaya? 
Like we're already. <laughs> Sana ahol. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, before becoming the lead pastor of the church, you were also the youth pastor of Po, right? The youth yes. ministry of the yes. church, where yes. I was also introduced to Christianity. Mm-hmm. So God. yeah, for when I night. first yeah, praise God for fun night. <laughs> when I first attended Po, you were I think the worship leader that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, tell us more about how it was like leading the youth ministry of the church. Like what were the most fulfilling part of a task and what were the hard parts of it? Mm. I'd like to back it up a little bit if you don't mind um, because there was one specific event in my life that most or probably some people did not know uh, of. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college, I knew I always wanted to be a pastor. But when college came, um, I took a course that I did not like at all. Um, I <laughs> wanted to take a different one, and yet it was given to me. Uh, a scholarship was offered to me, and so I took it. And that's when it, that's when it all like started to go downhill. Um, I, you know, because I was kind of like accustomed to one set of uh, lifestyle na kana sa church na yung ka tapos ang parents ni mo kaya dapat obedient yung ka dapat tarong sa Bible yung naong and then when I was given the opportunity to come here sa Cebu I was alone there was no family at all I've had friends but there were there were no family um, and mm. and so I started you know discovering the outside world for myself something that I did not have any liberty to do uh, growing up uh, until you know, fourth year high school. Uh, and so there was a certain time in my life when um, I got involved in, you know, drunkenness, barcada. <laughs> um, I think I, I, I will just have to mention this because some people really did not know what, a lot of them thought that I was kind of like, you know, oh, that man, you know, he, path straight to pastoring straight a Christian from birth <laughs> yeah, yes but that's yeah that, that, that wasn't my story at all um, in fact after that the drunkenness in high school and all in college and I got really frustrated because you know it was something that I didn't want to do and and, and then it came, came there came a time when oh barco and it was really a struggle. I, I remember speaking with uh, a Pastor Fred uh, before I left. I remember almost crying, or I think, I think I cried a little talking to him. I told him, "I do not want to go. I want to serve the church. I want to become a pastor." I was already involved in Ponite and very deeply involved in Ponite and and in the church, and so it was a struggle for me. And then here comes another uh, chapter in my life where. I will need to do something that I did not want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, they say, uh, oh, what do you call this? An embarco is a place for the heathens. <laughs> because you're just far away from fellowship. You're just far away from everything religious. But, I mean, it doesn't excuse you from having personal devotionals. But the encouragement, spiritual encouragement was close to nothing 
And so the temptation was really huge and heavy and pressing to be worthy. And I, I had that moment um, in my life, Sabarku, uh, that I, you know, went there, <laughs> went on the wrong side of, you know, uh, life. Um, but yeah, after that, uh, when I got back here, I, uh, it was like the Lord was just continually speaking to me through my devotionals, through my studies in Genesis. And it was like, obey, 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 obey. And I just had to make the difficult decision to stop going on board and serve. Mm. And so I told my parents that I, that I was quitting going to the ship. And they were supportive. Um, one family member was less supportive, but I could understand. <laughs> I could understand why. But later on, they, they were uh, all supportive with the decision. And that's how I became um, first the youth pastor of MCF. And, and then I became the associate pastor of MCF, leading Ponite and other ministries at church. And I transitioned to, in 2017, to become the lead pastor of MCF. Hmm. Quite a journey, Diva. <laughs> yes, but also you didn't answer a question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was the question again? Yeah, I was waiting for the, being a youth pastor, sa youth ministry, sa mm, uh-huh. the church. What were the like the most fulfilling part of the task, and what were the hard parts of it? You know, I think every youth minister could relate to this. That. Youth ministry is such a I know I can't express it. It's it's like one time you're really happy, one time you're really depressed. It's like and moods could swing real quick from from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's just how it is with youth ministry. Youth young people are messy and and wanting to discover things and hard-headed at times. Mm. I mean, I can relate because I was once hard-headed when I was yeah. younger and even until now. <laughs> but but um, pain, I think, and, and hardships, any ministry, I'm not going to be biased, a youth ministry, any ministry, but I would say especially <laughs> so you're a, so youth ministry because um, transition period, that they are still trying to get mature, but they're still get, getting, you know, pulled by mm. being immature, you know, mm. uh, and so confused and curious and curious to do some things and. And it's just a lot of things. Uh, but nevertheless, um, when you see young people coming to faith and, you know, just getting serious with their relationship with um, God and in their uh, getting, getting serious about their, you know, being followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, I think that's the most rewarding thing. I mean, I'm not counting rewards here on earth, but when I see those um conversions and you know just commitment to serve the church which I saw before my eyes and I can say most of the people at church right now came from there came from Mm. wonderful work of God converting people and then 
convicting them to commit to the church. I, I can say this now, it was the most rewarding thing to endure uh, for yeah. that, that people are coming to Christ, however hard the labor you would need to do or you would need to exude and exert. Uh, but it's just that you need to do it because people are getting saved and young people are getting saved and are committing to following Christ. Yeah, when you said that um, seeing people, especially the young people, being serious mm. with um, following Christ, I, I look at the people around us at church, Vitao, mm. and I could see ourselves, Vitao, now we were 18, 19s, and we were just, um, we just wanted the fun before, yeah. we, we enjoyed the fellowship, yeah. but really God's grace worked in our hearts that yeah. we're still enduring. One thing, one thing as well, um, isang yun sa mga pinaka siguro pinaka memorable ng memories na ko um, mm. serving sa Bonnet as the youth pastor okay. you know I mean I, I would bawl uh, with tears over these memories like when when I when I see young people come to me um, I, I can specifically and vividly remember one um, uh teenager uh, from mm. one university at church it was a week it was a weekday and she came over with her classmates and she wanted to talk to me about something and I was like okay mm. let's talk and and she was like I I really love coming to Pawnite I really love hearing the word and I love singing songs with you guys um, my parents saw me wearing a shirt with a verse mm. on it and they hated it they they warned me not to go where i was going to fellowship otherwise they will you know ostracize me and mm. cut off support for schooling and you know she just cried i mean what what can a poor dependent lady or teenager do with that kind of situation? Mm. And, and those, those kinds of situations really you know, stick in my head because these are young people wanting to give their lives to Christ and yet there's so much to give up. There's just so much that they need to let go. And, and, and Jesus' words were like, you know, don't, expect for me to come with peace but the sword and mothers will hate your daughters daughters hate mothers brothers things like that and you know how that is being lived out and being you know or played out the lives of my students Kate's it was heartbreaking but then again it gives you the opportunity to encourage them like so what are you going to be choosing like, are you going to stop? Are you going to endure for the sake of the gospel? And I saw many of them just, you know, I will, I will continue. I will endure. I will keep on doing what I'm doing for Christ because this is what I love. And, and this is what I love doing. And Christ has suddenly become their everything. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful testimony. And, and it's something that you can't put a price on yeah and, mm. and yeah and 
even our young people right now, even, I mean, even our young professionals right now, I can see many of you guys, many of you came from that situation where there, there was always fear of getting ostracized, fear of getting persecuted by your own family members. And, and where are you now? Mm. More and more committed to the life of the church and more and more committed to the gospel uh, being preached to other people and to yourselves. Yeah, I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so now that you're the senior pastor of the church, I I am very much like aware of how how much responsibility you have over the matters of the church, right? But before we dig deep on the responsibility part, could you tell us what what made you say yes in taking the role of being the pastor of the church? Because I know that it's an honor to lead the church, but and you are leading as well, but um, I'm sure you have thought of how much of your life would change if you said yes to this calling. So what made you say yes, Kuya? I honestly don't um, don't want to sound self-serving or self-exalting uh, with mm. my answer. Okay, it's just that I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, what made me say yes? Mm. Well, you have to know that I, I said yes with a context. Um, mm. the church was going through a rough time then and I was the associate pastor and the church was going through a rough time and it was it came to a point where the church really needed somebody to uh, step up and become the lead pastor as, as um, the previous pastor um, really is you know has been also going through a lot um, physically you know, there, there, there were already challenges um, physically, say, yeah. And so somebody needs to step up. And to be honest with you, you know, how the, the, how the problems of the church could easily and desperately weigh you down. I felt that 2016. And I honestly thought that I, that 2016 was, you know, the year when I finally would decide to like, I'm done, <laughs> you know, um, mm. and and it was just the grace of God, really. Um, it was it was God's grace that um, because kung ako lang yun ang decide for myself then. I would have, I would have declined. I mean, there, there was honestly not much of an offer for me, and there was honestly much of much things to do still, and it was just heavy. And I mean, I I couldn't think of any good reason at that particular time to really say any convincing reason to say yes, mm. but. God's, God, ha, God is just amazing. It's, you know, you know how he opens your eyes and just break your selfishness and like, okay, Jafet, like, it's time to really 
get your eyes and attention off of yourself. And here's the church. I mean, the church that Christ loves and the church that Christ gave himself up to. And the church needs somebody um, to lead them. And however incompetent I thought I was to lead the church, um, I thought God was really working in my heart to, to really accept the offer and just say yes. And, and when I said yes, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an easy yes, honestly. It wasn't an easy yes because I, I know it could be challenging, but it was a yes with peace. Uh, and knowing that I can trust God from then on, I mean, onwards. Um, yeah, what made me say yes was really, you know, it was an act of God. <laughs> it wasn't mm. my will. My, it wasn't like, yes, come on. I did not volunteer <laughs> at all. Um, it was mm. an act of God to really make me see the need and, and the way that he could possibly use me. And I mean, he gets all the credits for that. And I'm still trusting even until now. And even, I think, until my time, you know, is up uh, pastoring the church. Mm. Speaking of Gandhi, responsibilities and, you know, leading the church, this is a question for people who might not have an idea of what you do. But mm. could you tell us, um, what is exactly the job of a pastor? <laughs> of course, you do the preaching on Sundays, but many people also don't know that your job is not just on Sundays. So, like, mm. tell us. Well, to, to set the right expectations, you know, I am a bivocational pastor. Um, mm. Bivocational, I mean that I have a job. At the same time, I am the pastor of MCF. So, I can't say I'm half and half, like, like sideline ang pastoring and full time or sideline lang po ng secretary. I can say it's full time. I am full time with my job and as well as, as, well as full time pastoring MCF. Mm. Um, how? Let me just give you how it unfolds on a weekly basis. Like, um, of course, there's Sunday, and of course, everybody knows that Sunday is a busy day. Lots of things yeah. um, to do, and lots of people to care for <laughs> and feed. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, before Sunday um, is uh, Saturday. That, that I, I told my wife uh, Claire that if there is a day that is untouchable for me, other than Sunday, it's it's Saturday. I mean. And she knows that and she respects that, that I cannot be touched on Saturday because I want that day to be a preparation day for Sunday. Um, because I, I, can, I can give little time in preparation all throughout the week because I'm working. I have a job as well. So I make it a point to really uh, study bits by bits every week or on, a, on, a, on weekdays and then really study and polished everything on Saturday. So sermon prep is taking a lot of time, uh, to be honest. And, and that's just because we, we are tasked to be faithful preachers, not to just give out our own opinions about the word, but to give God's opinion of his word. And that's the hardest part, mm -hmm. to really convey what God wants to say to his people 
through his work. And um, all throughout the week as well, um, there is a preparation for um, prayer meeting. And part of that is encouraging people to also attend prayer meetings. And also the casual, um, you know, chit chats with people, um, checking on them, checking on the members and praying on them faithfully. Um, I mean, those are just some things um, that I do, but not, not limited to those, to just those things. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, um, those people, but not, oh, pastors, but they don't know that we have activities all throughout the week. We have meetings, we have discipleship, you meet with um, the men, mm. the church, yes. and then you also have fun night, mm. and we also have prayer meetings so kana it's a busy it's a busy life for a pastor yes <laughs> going back yes yeah, at saying yes to the task mm. now that you have served for how many years now yeah, church as a lead pastor entire duration of serving uh, the church okay so 9 years wait 9 wait, years 2012 for nine years, were there any regrets that you have had over the years? Yeah, <laughs> I should have spent this this um, time of my life doing this, doing yeah, um, things like that. Were there any thoughts like that over the years? Oh, I would be lying if I'd say wala. <laughs> Siguro, um, well, uh, see, the transition period was really hard for me, especially coming from, um, you know what seemed to be a really good paying job. And I, I can say, even if I did not love that job, I was, I was favored uh, on that job. Mm-hmm. I was um, promised promotion at an early year in my life. Um, and then I was, I mean, that was promised to me in my, in my fourth month uh, of going there. Um, so, I mga struggles yet. Uh, in, the, in the transition period, na probably mga susun sa unsa ka gino kung nagkuan ko, susgino. Because I had millionaire na kawyo. Yeah, because I had all those things planned out. Um, I'm like, I can even if I did not like the job, it was a good paying job, and so you can't help yourself but plan out, you know, what your what the next ten years of your life uh, is going to be. Um, and so there was like, okay, at this age, I'm going to have a house, or I'm going to have, a, I'm going to buy a wife at this particular. <laughs> <laughs> buy a wife. So, kinda, um, and then comes pastoring, and it's mm. hard. Um, it's painful at times, and there's, to be honest, like. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not just saying this because I want sympathy or I want a race. So I'm saying this is not my intention. I'm just giving you the reality, and this is the reality for many pastors. We are not mm. actually well compensated. I'm not complaining. Again, I am not complaining, but that's just the reality, and that's why pastors um, seek you know, to do something else as well, to sustain their families and then to, you know, somehow compensate um, what the church would lack to give, say, lang pastor. 
And so naay mo yung ana nga mga in my head daw brad. Ay ko na siguro karon ka wala ko na pastor ray nga ana. Yeah. Mm. Uh, can I Yeah, yes, yeah. Oh. Yes. My life would have been really different if mm. But then again, I mean, I think in the middle of that nine years, you kind of understand, I mean, you kind of understood how God sovereignly works and in orchestrating all things to come about. And then you're like, okay, <laughs> it's like, this is not an accident that I'm serving. So stop regretting and trust in the sovereignty mm. of God. I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a blessing. I mean, I'm here and God is using me and I'm happy and I'm, I'm, I have friends and I have many people I love and yeah, I'm doing what I love and that's all that matters. Yeah. Now, thanks, Kukumana. If ever you were not a pastor, all you have to think about is yourself and your family and how you can sustain your family. Diba kay being a pastor also, you would think about your members members, mm. all those things. So it's really a big responsibility. Mm. And koan, but it's a koan, yeah, it's an honor mm. <laughs> to be your member. Anyway, so yeah, speaking of the hardships and the discouragements. Do you have any like words of encouragement for young pastors na pressing on for the gospel bitaw especially those who might be discouraged and on the brink of giving up Laban lang No no it's a cold play ba no cold play Nobody said it was easy It was easy or it's going to be easy But when you look at the lives of the apostles you know, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ in the past and how they have committed to um, the work despite persecutions, despite getting crucified upside down, boiled in a boiling water, boiling oil, and divided by a sword, your body is divided by a sword. Mm. You know, when you think about all those things, they they endured for the sake of the gospel. They, I mean, kung ako lang ba no? ako like, I mean, siguro, if you have to understand, if I were to compare my sufferings, put as a disciples, relationships, struggles, and ilahagyud, kailaagay ka ng it's just like bullet in their head you know, if they continue Mm-mm. and things like that. I mean, that's one motivation for me to keep on going because the Lord, I mean, the, those who have gone before us have you know, paved the way for us to understand that suffering is a part of service. It's a part of ministry. It's a part of, I mean, it's the, is the surest promise of the Lord Jesus Christ to his followers and his disciples. You will suffer <laughs> in this world, but he has overcome the world. And there's a promise as well for us. My encouragement is find your joy in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anchor your ministry, your life, 
your joy, your pleasure in the richness of his gospel. And of course, that implies that you marvel on the truth that God has saved you in Christ, even while you were sitting, even while you were dead in your trespasses, that God has been merciful and gracious, that he sent his son to die so that you can be saved. And you can enjoy eternity with the Trinity. Anchor your life in that truth, in the gospel, because I don't think anyone can really ever eternally steal your joy if it's anchored on the truth that God has saved me in the Lord Jesus Christ. Find your joy as well, you know, other than, you know, marveling in the gospel. Think of the task or think of the ministry as, you know, it's not an obligation. It's not a work that you really feel obligated to do, but think about it as an opportunity for you to grow as well as a Christian, first and foremost. And also an opportunity for you to grow in your love for other people, for the people that you are ministering, for the people that you are shepherding. It's a wonderful opportunity to fall in love with people in Jesus Christ the same way that he loves you. That's one thing that mamisato sai sa mga pastors and even young pastors that they will see the task as an obligation and they fail to acknowledge that the people in front of them are people that God has purposely placed in their lives to love on, to care for, to minister, and to enjoy life with. You know, God has ordained for these people to be part of your life and you should enjoy that. You should enjoy that wonderful opportunity. It's not a cliche, but this is actually true, that you find people that you can be accountable with and who can be accountable to you. The reason why many pastors commit moral failures in the church is because they either think of themselves highly than anybody else, that they are free of accountability, that they are untouchables, or that they, they think they could just, you know, get away with anything. That, that the church doesn't care at all. Or, I mean, that's more extremes in the situations. But, but you have to have people you can be accountable to and people that can be accountable to you as well. Um, I'm saying this with an utmost urgency because if you're serving, there's going to be a good tendency that you will get burnt out. And sometimes a burnout pastor is a sinful pastor. And I mean, that's not always the case, but that's somehow how things would play out with some other pastors. And so you find someone who can, some people who can encourage you, some people who can, you know, point you to your weaknesses will point you to the things that you're failing at and point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you find these people in your life as you also desire to become that person to other people. Accountability is very important. It, it, it encourages you in the ministry and it, it also, you know, it also gives 
more sense to the holiness of God in the ministry that you are you are in, and and yeah, um, you can find other pastors or you can find leaders in your church. Can I say one one last thing? Oh sure, so yeah. Okay, um, I don't really know what the context is say pangutana, but I'm assuming that some burnt out pastors or discouraged pastors. Okay, these are pastors that are serving the church alone, right, by themselves, no like help. And they could, some, one man show, church. And I'd say this um, healthy understanding of church um, structure and leadership really plays an important role. Um, some ministry, which is pastor. Like you have to understand that the Bible suggests, or not suggests, actually, uh, normatively how church operates in Acts is that they will have multiple elders, uh, many pastors, or more than one pastor. Um, that's important because you know, as more and more people come to your church. There are more and more responsibilities than as a shoulders uh, pastor, right? And 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 that's why it, the church must be educated from the scriptures that it is not good to only have one pastor. I'm not saying those who are serving right now, not alone pastor, you're not good enough, or that mm. it's not good that you are in that kind of structure. But we see this from the scripture. Normatively, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Churches have multiple elders, multiple pastors to care for church members. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and accountability as well can, can happen along the line. So kind of a healthy structure of leadership. And so I would, I would encourage you, if you are serving alone, you find men that you can disciple, men that you can teach, men that you can actually um, walk alongside with to train um, to become pastors as well in the church so that you can have help or as much help that you want when more pastors, or when God raises up more pastors in your church. So, yeah, I want to encourage you to do that to avoid you getting all burnt out uh, in your ministry. Yes, Nobs? <laughs> yeah, that was very long, Kuya, but I I hope that whoever might be listening was able to take mm. note because I surely have been taking my own notes here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe nga, even if you are not a pastor, some of the thoughts that you said would be very helpful and relevant. Thank you for joining me and sharing with me this beautiful episode. So, Kuya, is there any saman na kay mga promotion? <laughs> Follow <No> us. <laughs> yeah, you guys are welcome to join us at MCF, uh, Metropolitan Christian Fellowship. We are meeting uh, right now temporarily sa Mumbai, And we are also live in Zoom and Facebook uh, live. Um, I want to leave with this um, if you're listening and you're not a pastor but you're a member of a church uh, and you know your pastor well and you know the struggles that your pastors 
uh, your pastor might have. Please, uh, the, the scriptures really tell us to pray for our leaders, our pastors. So um, that's one way to encourage your pastor. If you again, if you're listening and you're a member, please, please beg of you to pray for your pastors. It's not an easy job, it's, but it's a joyful one. But it's like, you just don't know what your pastor is just going through on a day-to-day -day basis. He needs encouragement and he needs prayer. So I beg of you to pray for your pastors and pray faithfully for your pastors. Thank you. If you guys have any topic that you would like us to talk about here, you can send us an email through takingnotesatn at gmail.com or you can follow us, follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at takingnotesatn. Again, thank you so thank much you. for your chats. And to everyone who is listening, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.